0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, a show that shares what I've been doing for 25 years with you. And I, I like to think of myself as a pretty good wealth creator. I've got enough money to live till the day I die. I had enough money by roughly 45, 50 to live till the day I die to cover the cost of my spouses, my children, my demands, my needs, my wants, all of that. So it's a show about getting your retirement. <clears throat> I like to refer to it as, I don't know, maybe a Generation X approach on capitalism it's not quite right. It's no quite way of perfectly saying this. It's a show that mixes investing with insurance, with taxes. It mixes living and dying cost of living, cost of dying. And you're like cost of dying. I think we all go through these periods where my mom passed away this past weekend, COVID. So now we don't know anyone who's died of COVID. She died of COVID. Um, peacefully so don't feel bad for me she had a great long life and all that kind of stuff and just it's a point where you start thinking like you know what do you do and i I try to get you to retirement right so one of the areas i just brought up was cost of dying and i think we all kind of experience death at some point some of us more than others i've lost both parents so to me i feel like i've lost my yoda and my darth vader (laughs) now who's gonna be my luke that's a really good question. Does it doesn't have to be your spouse. I don't know. Does it could it be a dog? I don't know. But death teaches you a lot of lessons, and like a lesson I learned 25 years ago when my dad died was, um, die with a will, if you can, uh, a will or a trust. When my mom and dad made children, they didn't realize they were creating a, an estate plan of what happens to their money after they die. So with six kids, you know, after one dies, it goes to the spouse. But after two dies, it goes to the other one. But my dad taught me a lot of lessons. Like he got taxed his estate when he died. And it's interesting because my mother died in 2021. So we can't close her estate till 2022 when we pay taxes. Weird, right? You're like, I didn't even think about that. So my dad went through a little bit of that where he taught us some, you know, some of those moments of, um death appreciation like double taxation you get taxed for death that's something we should go to war over in my opinion or if you're a lower income or middle income you're like well they're rich of course you should tax dead people they don't need the money you're like no 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 he worked hard for that money and it's already been taxed on it once when he was earning the income so my dad had a death tax and it's a weird thing because People who are more scholarly, like CFP Chad Burton, were like, you know, you should pick a state to die in that has a, a low estate property tax. And you're like, wait, wait, people pick states to die in because of their property, uh, they are not their property tax, but their estate tax, a death tax. Is, that's just a fancy word for it. And we once went to war with England, no taxation without representation and double taxation and taxing the T. And we, we were pretty upset about it. But we don't get upset about taxing dead people. And that's double taxation because they paid the taxes in their life. But we as a nation, we as a society start going like, well, <laughs> we, we want to spend some of that money. Uh, some sticky stuff, right? So you learn a lot of lessons through death. I hope you do. Um, the one thing that me and my brother Dave, my brother Dave's a, a judge, kind of attorney type. Uh, he went the legal way. I went the financial media way. My sister's a music teacher. We're all very, very different animals. And then there's a brother in Japan who can't come back for any sort of service, Um, COVID restrictions. But uh, there's a lot going on there. So death teaches us a lot. And one of the things that my mom did well, my dad taught me about taxes and filing paperwork. When he got cancer, he was told you'll be dead in six months. He was dead in six months, and he forgot to sign an insurance paper. In that six-month window, that would have given my mom another $400,000 or taken the money that he had rightfully paid into life insurance his whole life and got some of it back because he did die young. He did die in an insurance window that it would have helped my mother. I tend to say, insure your, your income from age 20 to 60. My dad died at 58. So he still was in that window that you know my mom could have used that money. 25 years later, she dies. The stuff you learn. First and foremost, she did it right. Um, the only thing left of material value, some money for sure. Um, but the only thing left is pictures, which she gave away through the last five years in declining health. Um, frying pan she gave to me 20 years ago. A black cast iron skillet. Um, after my dad died, I said, wouldn't you die, mom? I want your cast iron skillet. And potentially I want your rocking chair um she had a rocking chair that we all knew and loved because she was your mother she rocked you back and forth on it right she read books to you in it Uh, she gave you food from her body rocking back and forth and um that was the only thing left it was interesting because there's also a big leather chair and one of my brothers who i haven't mentioned he wanted a big leather chair and when you see the condition of the big leather chair, and it's a big, comfortable chair that older people like tend to like to sit in and watch TV kind of thing. When you see the condition of it, it, it was horrific. Because in the last five years of her life, she was in a diaper, essentially, right? So there's pee. Anyway, he wanted it. And I'm like, it's going to the dump, dude. This is diseased. You're not taking it. <laughs> like, and yet, if you really want it, you have one hour to come get it. Otherwise, it's going to the dump. So death teaches you a lot. Um, <laughs> do not aim for a dirty, ratty old leather chair is my opinion. Oh, and my mom's, um, uh, room got ransacked from the time she died Friday morning to the time that her children can get there to get the body, ID the body and everything that we have to go through. Uh, so she was in a nursing home and her purse got stolen and like just stuff that shouldn't happen. The humility of it. Like, thankfully she wasn't alive to have to like point fingers. Um, But life and death is kind of funny. So this is show dedicated to getting into retirement. Hopefully the one thing you could do better than my mom. My mother whittled her assets down beautifully. She gave away what was important. She saw my sister get married. Like She traveled when she had to travel. All that good stuff. Uh, The one thing she didn't do well was live comfortably in retirement with health. Finances she was fine, but health not so much. Um, she was a smoker back in the fifties and sixties. I think most Americans were, I don't know if that's a true statement or a false statement, but it feels like it was more of an American way. Um, so her health was bad. The one thing I implore you to do is brush your teeth, floss your teeth and try to stay no more than 10 pounds <laughs> overweight. Um, I went for a physical recently and doctors like, Hey, you've lost weight in the last 10 years. I'm like, yeah, I guess you need to lose 10 more. I'm like, I hate you kind of thing. Like, I don't hate him, but he's he's saying like, hey, if you don't want to be like your mother, do it now. Otherwise, you may have a dis- debilitating stroke or debilitating heart attack where you're not allowed to go out and travel. You're not allowed to enjoy your life as much as you used to. So anyway, that's my um, – and I'm not going to say that's a tribute to my mother because I'm telling you a lot of what's been on my mind for the last week. And it has even been a week. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. I took a couple days off from the market, and you'll be honest yeah, almost nothing changed. We're still fascinated with Bitcoin. Inflation maybe became more of a a buzzword in the last three days. More and more people are paying attention to it. And that's good for bank stocks. And they're doing very well. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, not a lot has changed on Wall Street in the last couple of days, and I'll be honest with you, it seems to be a, every big spurts of time we are still in an expansion mode. It's interesting. I was listening to commercials and talked about was a little oversimplification of what's happened in last year, of uh, something along the lines of pandemic bad, bad for economy, yet stock market all time high. Keep in mind, we've spent more money from our government coffers in the last 52 weeks than we would have on our own economy if it was normal and healthy. The money's been spent. As an investor, you can be an enemy to yourself and say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Pandemic equals bad economy. Bad economy equals bad stock market. But when you watch the money, we've actually had a healthier economy. Not economy. We've had a lot of spending, good spending, bad spending, probably combinations of both, right? And that starts getting into some of your bigger issues on how you approach government. I saw yesterday a little bit of a kind of a reset day, having spent a lot of time with uh, maternal issues. Saw yesterday, Joe Biden say something along the lines of, and I didn't really get the complete gist of it, but enough that I'll share with you. That $50,000 student credit ain't going to happen. During the elections, I said it could happen. I'd like it to happen. I want it to happen. I'll make it happen. It ain't going to happen in reality. Is that another example of a politician lying to you to get your vote? Maybe a little bit. Um, Realistically, I didn't ever expect the president of the United States to come in and say, if you have college debt, you get it it wiped out $50,000 because that's not fair to me. And that's a tough one to sell to me because I went to college 30 years ago Um, and I paid for my own college and it sucked to pay for my own college and it sucked to take on that debt and I didn't pay off my debt till my mid thirties. I have a lot of degree and I don't have a lot of degrees, but I've got a lot of education. So I never saw that as that's not going to fly. And I'm kind of with Joe Biden when he said something along the lines of I'd rather spend that money on early childhood education. I don't know where you spend the money on, but I know telling people your debt's forgiven is not going to work. And again, I don't even know that. If you think I'm an economic policy expert, you kind of got another thing coming. Um, but I just throw it out there that we've had a lot of spending in the last year, and For Biden's administration to say, look, we got to be careful because we only have so much money to give to so many people and it will run out. Wall Street starts going, you know, um, Wall Street starts getting super excited about inflation, 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 because if you keep printing money, you're going to create inflation. Inflation's a boogeyman. You want a little bit of inflation, you don't want a lot of inflation. We can't live in a utopia where we print money and solve everything with money. $50,000 of debt forgiveness isn't practical in my mind if you're also gonna give healthcare, if you're also gonna try to come up with a cure for cancer, if you're also going to protect your borders, if you're also going to take out bad dictators who do bad things to their citizens. Like, you can't do it all. So I did not put an investment up on like a student debt play. I didn't see that as being realistic. Texas freeze could send gas prices soaring. There's an example of Mother Nature creating an investment opportunity. Typically, when we talk about Mother Nature, it's hurricanes down in Florida. And I go, from a Wall Street perspective, if it goes up the coast of Tampa, which is the Gulf Coast, that's bad for me in California because since uh, oil prices higher. So a hurricane going up the Gulf takes the big oil rigs out of service or Ben Affleck stars in a movie down the road about a hurricane hitting a big oil platform and he saves the world from plugging the oil spill with like bubblegum. So a hurricane going up the Gulf Coast and sorry, this is my best show today. I can see that I'm struggling. if Hurricane goes up the Gulf Coast. It's an insurance play no no on the West Coast on the Miami side It's an insurance play on all the high-rises all the condos all the cities that are you know ports You know all the way for all the way up to New York all the way up to Nassau All the way down to Miami, right? So depending on where the hurricane goes it can hit oil and gasoline prices if it hits the Gulf a lot of the refineries They go, hey, we just got oil out of the Gulf of Mexico. Where are we going to take it to refine? And they're like, let's go to Louisiana. It's close. Let's go to Texas. It's close. So a lot of our refineries are right there. Now, it's interesting because Texas has been hit with ice storms. And if you want some entertainment, you basically – it's – the South doesn't believe in global warming. The rest of the world does. That's the entertainment for the moment, right? You can believe that or not. But I of the media is like, well, now they're learning in Texas, global warming's real. I don't care what they're learning in Texas. I can tell you that gasoline is like, just get those gasoline um, factories back up. Get the oil drillers drilling oil because I want my cheap gas and get that oil refined because I want my cheap gas. So are you kidding me that a freezing rainstorm takes, makes me have higher gas prices? And I'm like, I love Mother Nature. Typically, it's a hurricane where we're talking about Home Depot and Lowe's and Generac. Remember the generator play, where a lot of people don't realize that they're gas generators, and if there's disasters near you, they turn off the gas and the electricity at the same time. So you just bought a really expensive generator. That anyway, I don't know. I don't know. You can find me online at it's Rob Black Show dot com. It's Show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. There was a couple days. I took a couple days off, as many of you know. My mother passed. Um, it went well as well as you could want it to in a scenario like that. Um, in your sleep, that's as, probably as good as you can get it. Um, I don't know if there's a long story short here, but some of my episodes are gonna be better than others. Eh, I, I think you're good with that. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. While I was off, and again, Monday was President's Day, so that doesn't really count, right? No stock market. But there was a day or two between Friday and Tuesday and Wednesday where we saw some record highs again. And it goes to show you that sometimes you can get on cruise control. And that's a normal and healthy way of approaching Wall Street. I would prefer you look at your portfolio seriously four times a year instead of one uh, five times a week. And now you're saying, whoa. Um, I would prefer most of you have most of your wealth. I don't want to be be careful how I frame this. But if it's in a 401k, you should only really rebalancing it. You don't need to micromanage it. People tend to micromanage. I throw it out there that we know that Warren Buffett just bought a big chunk of money. He just bought a big... (sighs) dollar bill size um, investment in Verizon. Um, I find that interesting in large part because where I'm getting at with this is I don't think you need to micromanage. I don't look at Warren Buffett as the kind of guy who goes, well, now that I've got Verizon, what am I going to do with it this quarter? I'm not saying that he never changes his mind. He's entitled to. But he tends to hold on to them for a little bit while, a lot while longer. If you were to take a look at everything in your life that you pay money to, you can probably come up with an investment portfolio. Whether it be the company that you're writing your mortgage to every single month. Whether it be the clothes that you buy your kids for school. The video games they're playing. If you take a look at the money, follow the money. You'll do very, very well. <clears throat> and I think there's some truth to that still with the approach of I prefer you to look every four, four times a year versus five times a, a week. Not saying that's going to be perfect for you. But it's a better mentality for me to approach investing with a seriousness versus a flippancy. Um, I have no problems having studied Bitcoin for years now. If you wanna own 1%, that's great. If it does get wiped out like some people predict going to zero, your one percent 1%'s not gonna hurt you. If it, if it holds some inflation value, and if it, if it moves forward with fits and starts, I'm, I'm fine with 1% becoming two to 3%. Still want you to pair it down to 1% with that four times a year portfolio rebalance approach, but again, you'll figure that out. GameStop today is in Washington. As is Robinhood. So if you turn on CNBC, if you turn on the BBC World News now, um, you're going to see a lot of GameStop and Robinhood. And Robinhood has a CEO who happens to be from Russia, who happens to have a name Vladimir. I kind I kind of don't like the way the media is treating him right now. And again, I have nothing to do with Robinhood, and I really don't care if you lost money in GameStop because. You kind of got what you deserved if you didn't do any research on it, if you didn't see that this has happened before, again and again and again and again. Short squeezes are no place for the retail investor, in my opinion. People were very stupid in the 1970s and bought Pet Rocks. That's why I never short stocks. Um, And you never know how it's going to explode in your face. And hedge funds found out GameStop exploded in their face when a community on Reddit said, let's start buying. But I don't think it was just the community on Reddit. In the end, I think that got hijacked by some Wall Street players who sent it higher to hurt the shorts. I think the community on Reddit thinks very highly of themselves, but I think bigger money got involved and, and started toying with the system. So Robin Hood and GameStop in front of Congress. And I don't really like um I saw some articles on <clears throat> Robin Hood's headquarters in Silicon Valley. And how the security guards have, you know, had to send people away, that people are stopping and throwing dog poop at the building and stuff like that. Um, but the signs that are like, they're almost kind of, you know, Vlad the Destroyer. You're like, okay, yeah. let's, let's tear this line carefully on how we demonize CEOs for mistakes that you made. In my opinion, did they make some mistakes? Yeah, they gamified stocks, and they got a lowest common denominator investor, someone who thinks they can do it themselves and that it's easy, and that a group on Reddit's whispering the secrets of God investing. And sometimes when I talk about investing, I call refer to those investor gods, like, the investor gods told me, buy Apple. No, 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 no. We're not playing that game here. So there are no investor gods, in my opinion. But GameStop and Robinhood being in front of Congress, I, I think ultimately is good because it, maybe it regulates GameStop a little bit, not GameStop, maybe it regulates um, <laughs> Robinhood a little bit more to make it a little bit more uh, understanding that it's real money. When you go to a casino, the, I, I like to think that they make it a little too easy for you to get your money because uh, your money is just this little plastic coin. It's a chip. Um, same thing with Robin Hood and me, your, your money is just a, it's a explosion like Candy Crush. Like you did good. Yay. And it kind of separate, psychologically separates you from, it's a real loss until guess what? It's real loss. And a couple of weeks ago we saw that teenage kid, not the teenage kid He's in his twenties, but he ultimately killed himself because he got upside down in Robin Hood on options. You know how many times I play options? I play options because I'm wealthy. If you own a lot of shares of Apple and you've created a huge capital gain tax for yourself, options are a great income diversifying strategy. But did you get the premise there? If you have created wealth and you have a problem, options are great. They're not meant to create wealth. They're meant to protect wealth, to turn wealth into income. And yet people are buying naked shares of GameStop. With options. Options are basically saying you don't actually own the stock. One day you'll make a decision to buy it or sell it. But for now, we're gonna give you the option of buying or selling in the future. And if it squeezes up, maybe you just made a lot of money, and if it squeezes down, maybe you just lost a lot of money. But we'll decide on what you lost later. I don't like that. It's just and again, I'm oversimplifying it for a very obvious reason. I had a someone that I worked with. That was under 30 that got onto Robin Hood and he became a very very arrogant in his approach to everyone can do this it's so easy I can get on reddit and I can do it it's not gonna work out that way it's gonna take a little bit more life experience Facebook has a ban going on in Australia's proposed law Um, Australia's Prime Minister is slamming Facebook right now it's very very interesting I've got friends that work at Facebook and societally right now. I think Zuckerberg is what Bill Gates was in the nineties in Bill Gates. He, if you came to the Bay area, you saw license plates that said MSFT, Microsoft MSFT, SUX sucks. In the 1990s, he was kind of like this evil billionaire. He didn't make the world's best operating system. He made the most dominant operating system. And when there was competitors, he would look at their ideas and say, that one's trash, that one's trash, that one's kind of genius, we should do that. And in the world of software, that's not that hard to replicate or duplicate. Got a little bit of that going on right now with um, Mark Zuckerberg, where if you work there, you're almost ashamed to say you work there. Um, Australia's like, for instance, my mother passed. And during that process, you do a lot of Googling, like flowers, you Google, you know, homes, cremation urns. And even when I'm not in the world of Facebook, like I haven't announced that to Facebook, Facebook is now serving me ads tied towards the death industry. And it is an industry. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, which is interesting. We talked about investing in companies that make caskets where people are going to die, but – maybe they should diversify into making urns because not only are they going to die and get buried 6 feet under in a casket but they're going to die and be put in an urn going forward but we're all going to die so urns are a good investment as our caskets but that's totally different kind of commentary so Australia's prime minister is referring to Mark Zuckerberg as arrogant and he wants the nation to unfriend Zuckerberg on Facebook which is kind of fascinating um, Google's playing nice with Australia and Australia wants to protect their news services. Like we have legitimate newspapers in Australia and we have legitimate journalism and that costs money and if you think you can put a link to it on Facebook and not pay those journalists for doing their work, you're crazy. Google's playing that game and saying it will give you some money. We'll give you a couple hundred million. Facebook's saying nope. We're not going to let that information through, but they'll let the information through that I'm searching on Google for earns and throw and they're going to sell it to their advertisers so when i'm facebook zuckerberg has got some problems on his hand with pr right now and is he the microsoft is he the bill gates evil dictator (laughs) kind of is the way he's coming across on media but can you believe everything in media i think it's fair to question it i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. So always trying to make it a little bit easier for you to understand investing. This is Mizio, who a lot of their songs sound a little bit different, but always have something in common. Very fresh sound, in my opinion. One of the things I remember as a childhood is that, you know, you get that big fear of death. I had a big fear of the world as a child. I remember driving in a car and seeing someone in a car next to me and asking my mom and dad, like, does that person have a husband and a wife and children? Like, and it just freaked me out that they had lives outside of my life. And you start thinking about death and things along those lines. And as a kid, it becomes a big theme in your life. What's blonde and dead in a closet? The hide-and-seek champion from 1995. dun dun So we make jokes about it. We make jokes about our wives and the IRS and about death. It's probably good enough to be an investment theme if we're making jokes about it. The divorce industry is obviously a very big industry. I remember as a child... I loved gummy bears. Sugar, 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 sugar. Right? And my dad would just—he would always take the fun out of everything. And I—he—I remember him at one point saying that you know I'm gonna choke to death on the gummy bears because gummy bears are chew them kind of, and you kind of swallow them. And okay, I could see his risk assessment as high when it came to a kid who was a dumb punk like me. So he, he goes, "You're—you're you're never really gonna choke on those gummy bears." And I said, Dad, when I die, can you just tell everyone I was killed by bears? Leave it at that. Just, just leave it at that because that's a cool way to die. Now, when it comes to investing, I don't want you to feel like it's a life and death situation. I want you to feel like it's a, something you understand. I talk about creating wealth, not so that we could talk about smoking cigars. Cubanas with Jeff Bezos. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for you to enjoy age 60 to 100. And sometimes it's maybe not my theme, but there's two certainties, deaths and taxes. And you can certainly invest in the death industry. It's a little tougher for us to start planning our own death, but I can help you by telling you how to invest in it. Losing a loved one is brutal. Here's the statistic to get you into the death industry. The world's population is up about 400% over the last 100 years. That's a trend that is your friend when it comes to investing because every one of those people are going to die. More people are dying on a nominal level. How sick am I to put it in those words? Deaths in the United States continue to climb. I don't want to put a COVID spin on anything, but there's periods of time where deaths spike a little bit even higher. The funeral home industry is busier now than ever before, selling its services at a time when people are vulnerable, which is very stressful for me to talk about. Caskets can run 10000 to $20,000, depending on which finish you select. I've told my loved ones for many years, just bury me in the backyard. If you could use a good butcher's knife and chop me up into pieces, put me into Nike shoe boxes, bury me in the yard, wait for a cat to dig me up. Or a raccoon, maybe hopefully around Thanksgiving, Christmas time to drop in on the kids. Dad's head's at the front yard again. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I could date a mortician. You think about things, people you could date and not date. What's a deal killer for you? I don't even like seeing dead squirrels in my yard. I know you're saying, do you have a lot of dead squirrels in your yard? Are you like a Dexter to the squirrel world? Maybe. So embalming. Juicing up the dead body. Anywhere between 500 and $2,000. Putting makeup on a dead body. It's it's crazy. It's federal laws, state laws. It's, you know, we're so sorry during your time. But you need to sign, 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 initial, initial, initial. Even keeping a dead body cold is expensive. Refrigeration. It's, how shall we say, an effective alternative to embalming. Keep the body cold. Throw it in the coffin cold, get it in the ground before it warms up. Oh, my, my, my. This is a happy segment, is it not? So Service Corporation is a company that you can buy. And if you take a look at the stock, it doubles every five years. It's not sexy. It's not fun. Knock on wood when I say this. There's not a big spike for coffins at any period of time. Hopefully. That you're not doubling your money in every three years or every two years. But they're an interesting company because they've done what are called roll-ups. If you've ever watched the TV show Six Feet Under, you know that it's kind of a mom-and-pop industry with an institutional industry in it. And the mom-and-pop companies are like, that big institution is going to put us all out of business. They're just slap makeup on your mom and put her in the ground. And it kind of becomes a joke, right? But Service Corporation is a big one, and they've got the whole death industry down pretty good. Take a simple SCI. You want another one who provides caskets and cremation equipment and memorial products? Again, most of this stuff creeps me out because I just want to burn me and have a beer. Do it New Orleans style if you can, where it's more of a party and a celebration than a wallow in self-pity. If you could sing uh, the greatest story ever, the never-ending story at my funeral, I would laugh at that. The never-ending story. Make my kids do it one last time, embarrassing them in front of the old man. Say, you don't get your will. You don't get your inheritance unless you do it at the funeral. (laughs) Carriage Services, they're a funeral home leader. They operate... Over 200 funeral homes in America, CSV, they're focusing on the growing decentralization and partnerships of the industry. But they're in the cemetery industry as well, Gardens of Stone. It's very odd. My father was a military man, and he should have been buried in Arlington Cemetery. That's where he wanted to be buried. But he died in the middle of January in Washington, D.C. area in a very cold and wintry year. So the funeral people said, well, we could bury your dad in Arlington Cemetery in 21 days or you can go to your local church and do it in three. And we're like, three. Just get him in the ground. Nothing Jewish, nothing Christian, nothing about the service. I'm not giving you any information about why we wanted him in the ground. It's just that's a stressful time. And it's stressful on the person who survives, the mom. Kids, we knew he was going to die. Another company you can take a look at is Hillenbrand, ticker symbol H-I. They're not a pure funeral home play, but it's their biggest business. And again, caskets and cremation products, they're way too expensive. Not, they're not way too expensive. They're pretty pricey. I myself want the eye coffin, brought to you by Steve Jobs. His last greatest invention, it's all glass. 365 degrees of death in all And it's got a selfie camera. So you can take a picture with dad after he's dead while he's decomposing in the ground. If he happens to be alive, he can call 911. It's only $400,000 to be buried in an Apple coffin. To avoid traditional funeral expenses, there's going to be some companies that move in on it for sure. Costco sells coffins. I'm all for Costco coffin. I hear you saying that's the weirdest thing you've said in a while. Yes. There's biodegradable vessels. Be buried in a tree and become part of the world again. I'm okay with that too. I just want the cost to come way down in everything involved here. And when someone dies, you don't really want to be in that situation of comparing funeral home costs. You don't want to. You want to mourn and get the person in the ground or mourn and get the person dealt with, right? Showrooms where you're being presented. Do you want to bury your little child in something that, how should always say, is beneath him? Or do you want to put him in a state-of-the-art baseball, grass-lined coffin, sit him into the ever world as an all-star that he was? $400,000, like, You know, industry is a little dark for me. Little Junior's buried in his favorite race car. I'm even creeping myself out, just so you know, at this point in time. But we're all going to die. And those are the players in the industry. Now, I'm not saying another player can't come along. And I'm not saying I own any of these because I don't. But if I were my dad and I never grew up with video games and the internet and cell phones and podcasting and iPods and if I if I had none of that as an investor, I probably could have made some sense of Service Corporation and Carriage Services and Hillenbrand and Matthews International and Stonemore Partners. They're the second largest network of funeral homes and cemeteries in the United States. <clears throat> Again, it's a weird trend that we all die. This is a slow and steady one, except for at weird times in US history. Right. And it, it, it's local business sometimes, so you can support a local business when you die. One of the things I will say to wrap this up is we all are going to die, and one of the best things you can do is keep a financial notebook so that we know where your insurance contracts are, so we know where your investments are, so we know where your will is, so that when you do die, we have to deal with these industries to put you to, to sleep forever. While we're mourning, we're not really stressing over paperwork. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.